Cyril. What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach podcast. We are days from round one of the AFL men's season and that means it is panic time. I'm here with Damo to do some panicking. Damo, how are you? I'm panicking. <laughs> That's the answer we wanted. That's the answer we expected. It's It means you're human because, oh boy, oh boy, it's, uh, it's getting real close. Team reveals are going up. There's you know round one is on the horizon how are we feeling i've got a feeling that the rookie situation won't be as bad as people are preparing for but i also don't know if the rookies that get named in round one will have the best job security though so it's something that we probably need to watch out for but um i don't think the rookie situation is going to be as bad as people think it's going to be Mm, it's yeah we had this last year as well where we thought that there simply weren't any rookies and a couple of them did turn up and you know we're in the same position this year where it feels really dire and feels quite bad um but i think yeah you might be right we might get a jake saligo or, or someone crop up but it's um yeah it's, it's changing yeah it's making making it pretty difficult and i I've, I've got a few versions of my team on the go have you, have you got the same thing depending on on when we get rookies and where we get rookies so I've got the team that I revealed the other day. That's one version, but I've got another version that I'm hoping I can run with now, which gives me another premium and takes out a, and takes out a couple of the risky mid prices, which actually makes me feel more secure. But I was happy with the team that I revealed the the other day as well. So I've got some backup plans in case the rookies don't arrive. Yeah, and we'll yeah we'll talk briefly about what to do for round one, and then then we'll go into some injuries, some Amy community series, and then of course talking about the rookies. We do expect to be there at this stage. Um, what is your plan for round one? Because it goes for like a week. It goes forever. The AFL's insistent on this stupid Wednesday night rubbish where no one will be there and everyone will be stuck at home because it's seven o'clock on a Wednesday. It's insane. But what what are you what are you planning for the the full? length of round one are you going to just pick all of the rookies that are named if the bulldogs name um you know name robbie mccomb and, and you take all of the ones early or or you bide your time what what are you feeling i think i'm not gonna obviously you only have to lock in the teams as they play because of the rolling lockout but i'm not going to change my team because another rookie has been named earlier i'm gonna try it if one rookie that I pick doesn't get selected. Like, for example, I've got Jordan Boyd in, on my defense bench. If he's not named for Carlton, then it's not going to be then it's, it's not going to be a disaster. I'll just move him to a rookie that plays later in the round and then adjust as more rookies are announced. Yep. And just for to clarify for anyone at home, you do get unlimited trades until the final lockout begins. So you can, in theory, sit there fiddling between Elijah Hollins and Joel Jeffrey 
as many times as you want before that lockout begins when that game starts at 7.40 on Sunday night, Eastern time. Um, we'll, we'll talk briefly about the community series demo. Um, there weren't many injuries that came out of it. The last couple of years have been, you know, key people going down or you're looking at like Camarena last year and that, you know, that led to discussions about who was going to take some mid-time and who would get more opportunity. There hasn't quite been too many injuries or, or too many people that we need to be worried about to to start this year. Yeah, no key injuries unless you're West Coast. Well, yes, unless you're West Coast. Shall we uh, Shall we briefly talk about, I mean, obviously don't start any West Coast premiums because they're either injured or about to be. Um, yeah. But how, just how bad is it? Um, it's bad. I don't know what midfield is going to line up in round one because uh, Elliot Yeo's got an ankle injury. Dom Sheed is out. Obviously, Campbell Chesser is out. Um, he was going to add into that rotation. Even Tim Kelly is under health and safety protocols at the moment, and hopefully he's okay for round one. But there was, I mean, they were talking about players that, are ju- that have just come out of health and safety protocols still sort of getting their breath back and it hindering their fitness a little bit. So who knows what Tim Kelly we're going to get if he lines up in round one. And then and then Tom Joyce they signed in as an SSP, and then now he's gone down with an ankle injury as well. So their midfield is going to be Luke Shuey and whoever else they can throw in there. Yeah, Patrick Nash hopefully gets a run. We'll talk about him when we get to the rookie section. But yeah, it's 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 not good for West Coast. Outside of that, Rory Laird's broken his hand, so don't start him if you're you know, if you're keen on starting Rory Laird. I don't think it has a, a big enough impact on a Keys or a Schoenberg across the year to justify starting them because of that injury. But if you're starting Laird, switch your team around. I think Rory Laird was the biggest injury out of the Amy series and even then it wasn't even that bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There are a few suspensions, so Braden Maynard will miss two weeks if you're going for him as a pod. Uh, Braden Pruce has killed the rookie R2 dream yet again by being suspended for round one. Um, so if, you, if you're thinking of putting him on the field, don't do that. Don't do not do that. Um, I still don't think he's a bad option to start with on the bench if you want to spend 200k on a bench player, but yeah, he's, uh, he's going to miss the first week. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh... Interesting to see what people do with their ruck line now. I've resorted to going back to Gorn and Grundy only because they seem to be the only two ruckmen that aren't held together by pipe cleaners at the moment. So um, yeah. tried and true all the way through. I was a big fan of Nat Nui until the entire West Coast midfield was ruined and then decided that he had no one to hit it to. So he's not going to get those cheeky plus five hit out to advantage points. So that dream ended pretty quickly. Well, um, yeah, I mean, like he only hit hit to advantage eighteen percent of his hitouts in that game against Fremantle, so yeah, it's because yeah. there was no one in there. Exactly, exactly. It's um, it's not not ideal. Um, across the community series, were there were there any people that did stand out as in that you didn't quite expect that that did a little bit better, or a little bit worse than um than you expected? I probably didn't see what I needed to see from Jared Berry in that second game. Even that two hundred and sixty sixty odd thousand dollars that he is, I still wonder if perhaps he's not going to quite average or be that best mid mid priced player that that we need. Because in because in that first practice match, he was sort of had the midfield to himself, and in that second game, 
towards the later parts of that game against the Dogs, he got pushed out and it was less influential. So I really, I'm not quite sure if he's the player people think he's going to be in that in in their midfield. If you see him as a cash cow, then I then he'll probably do just fine. But there were some people talking about him as a potential long term eight oh, midfielder and all that sort of goodness. stuff. And, uh, after that first practice game, but he had that Lions midfield to himself essentially. And in that second game, we saw what would what would happen with Bailey and Neil and McCluggage all through there. So, mm. and that I was think, still, yeah, that was still I, without Lions and without Zorko as well, who'll you know both rotate through there. You'd think pretty heavily. Yeah, so I think Barry's more of a cash cow than a long term pl- player for the year. But um, mm. it, I didn't really see what I needed to from him. So he, he was someone who didn't impress me. Someone who did impress me was Will Powell from from, from the Suns. Oh, I, know, yes. I, I know Matt Turner over at, from, from the Phantoms Lair there is selected him, but I'm not quite as game as Matt Turner, but I know Turner likes to likes to pick a few pods every year. Loves a pod, does Matty Turner. Um, what about Heath Chapman? I know we've spoken about him a little bit before, but uh, did you see what you wanted to see from him over the last two? I mean, they were playing West Coast, but did you see what you wanted to see? Yeah, he's quite deceptive for his height. I mean, he's a, he's a tall lad, but he can pick the ball up from all levels of play and can run can run it around and he was intercepting he was collecting the ball at will he was running it like he just was doing everything i needed to see basically to select him at 275k yeah i was um i was very impressed with george hewitt um you know we kind of suspected that role would be there um and it looked like he's going to to get that regardless of if crips uh, sorry if walsh is playing or not um so that was that was very impressive and and very nice to see from georgie hewitt um Canilio, Obviously, did what he did again. Ticked all the boxes there. Um, Tristan Jerry is the the one that keeps confusing me. I don't know if he plays at all or if he does, and if he plays the the number one ruck role. He's currently in my side. I'm floating around with changing him to a few other players, but he was one that really really jumped out and was really impressive and everything you wanted to see. But I'm still very concerned on that front. He did everything right, and North Melbourne really didn't want to trade him at the at the trade period to St Kilda, and they held on to him for a reason. So I think we saw that reason in that Amy mm. series game. But talking to Azza, and I trust Azza with North Melbourne as most people would, because he usually does know these things. If Cherry, Goldstein, and Coleman Jones are all going to play in the same team, Cherry won't have the same output as he had in that Amy series game. I I sort of have a feeling that Goldstein will eventually be phased out, meaning that it's going to be mostly Cherry and Coleman Jones. But early on in the season, I don't know if I'm going to cough up two hundred eight thousand or whatever it is for Tristan Cherry when he could only average forty to forty five as a third tall utility player, mm. whatever he does. Mm. I, I think Coleman Jones. As again, I, I'm not entirely sure, but. If I was in charge, I'd be putting Coleman Jones at full forward and rotating Goldstein and Cherry until you kind of phase Goldie out. But again, I'm not I'm not the coach of North Melbourne, so that that doesn't help anyone really. Um, but yeah, aside from that, um, you know, there there weren't a huge number of there weren't people that jumped out and, and made me think I immediately have to pick this person. Um, the only one that's really really pushing me is Matt Rowell which a lot of people are talking about. A lot of people have restructured their teams to fit him in. Damo, do you 
what do you think of bringing Matt Rowley? And I'll just bring up his stats very quickly. He had 121 supercoach points, 16 kicks, 11 handballs, seven tackles, which is pretty phenomenal for a preseason game. 18 of those touches contested, but no marks. I think his natural improvement will be undoubted. I think we will see natural improvement from where he was last season. But we've had Mardo run some player an- analysis behind the scenes with the professor that we've just brought into the fold. And it's beginning to look more and more like 2020 was an outlier for Raul and his supercoach output. So I'm not quite sure if I want to select Raul based um, on, the, on the back of a preseason game. But, I mean, he did look very impressive. And, I mean, there's... He's, he's one of those selections that it's not for me, but I can see why other people are selecting him. Yeah, if I had one extra mid-slot, he'd be in it. But I just... With the rookies I've got there and the rookies I want to get in and the primos there, like, I just can't... I don't have space for mid-pricer. And if you can find it, good on you. If you want to have Raul at M4, go nuts. If you think you can find cash generation elsewhere from a rookie, you know, in the forward line of the back line, good on you. Well done just doesn't squeeze into my side at this stage. I do love him though and think he'd be a think he'd be a good pick. Should average 105 for the season, which is borderline keeper. Yeah, I mean, you at 105 you average you probably don't want to put him anywhere further up than the 8th to midfield slot in your team, but yeah. If he gets there, then people have have made at least 200k just off his starting price, which is which which is good. Exactly, exactly. But rookies is the big thing. Rookies are, are what everyone wants because we, we need to, uh, somewhere, um, somebody's shouting, show me the money. And Damo, please, God, show me the money. Where are we getting our money from? I don't think the rookie situation is going to be as bad as we first thought. I think we're going to see some rookies come through. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit convinced that Josh Sin is going to get a debut. Um, there's just, some part of me that feels like Ken Hinkley's sort of playing with us and then going to unveil him on a, on, on a Thursday night and say, here he is. Um, I think he's going to be one that Let, people are going to want to select. As we'll go through as line his. by line and, yep. um, and, and go through it that way. Um, so you reckon Sin, Sin is in, Josh Gibkiss is in, according to John Ralph. Yep. Um, Paddy McCartan should be in surely he should be yes i have him in my forward line at the moment though yep yep obviously that that very nice swing there and um, i've got he... sam de conning in my defense just so i've got that swing yeah i don't know if sam de conning plays but i feel like i may keep sam de conning there anyway yes i like the idea of being able to swing the carton forward and back as needed and i think de conning will they may be sporadic and not be all taped together, but I think DeConning does get games um, this season, so I, I don't dislike having him there. Nathan O'Driscoll, naughty. Uh, Justin Longmuir refuses to rule him out. But refuses to rule him in as well? Correct, yes. Mm. So, But he's, he's adamant that he's not out of the picture. Intriguing. Yes. Do you, do you think he plays? I think 
at, he plays at some point, whether it's round one or round four or round ten. I don't know. Yeah. And there has been people to start players so that they don't have to grab them later on in the season. Yeah, it, it does kind of curtail the um, the cash generation a little bit, but I do understand why. Um, yeah, why that happens and how that happens. Um, Will Kelly, maybe, but not long term, considering the Pies have reinforcements coming, um, and I don't think there'll be too many other saviors coming. I mentioned for us in the back line. I mentioned Jordan Boyd as well. Oh, you he, did too, sorry. He played two full matches: the practice match and the Amy series game for Carlton. I'm not sure where he fits once their whole back line is available, but he seems to have a fan in Michael Voss. He does not in Lake Dog, who keeps saying that you know couldn't be here today. Uh, keeps saying he doesn't think that you know he'll stay around and will be the first person out of that back line, which is a little bit concerning. But hey, we see how we go. I mean, um, if Jordan Boyd is named round one, I'm going to probably select him. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I suspect he'll be named round one. I I don't love the idea of picking someone who I know might not be there in a few weeks, especially if Doherty's, they say, you know, he's, he's not ready. We want to give him one more week on the track, one more practice game, and then we'll bring him in. That's a, you know, one game and then Boyd's out and that, that worries me. The only thing about that is I don't think that Jordan Boyd and Sam Doherty are the same sorts of players. Um, potentially not, but I, I suspect it may be the case that he's the first one out and that worries me. And I've had years where there's been someone that's played one, round one, they've disappeared off the face of the earth and they've just been stuck at D8 for the rest of the year. And it, I, I don't like it. It annoys me. But anyway, well, um, I think that's about it for the back line in the, the midfield, Jason Horn Francis, Nick Dacos, Josh Ward, pick them all. Yeah. At this stage, you got to pick, pick, pick them all, line them up at six, seven, eight, and just watch the money flow in. Yep, a lot of forty percent of teams still have Elijah Hollands, who's mid forward, obviously. Um he's, he's cropped up. He hasn't been a, seen. But he's another one that I wouldn't be surprised if just gets unveiled ran, randomly in round one. Mm, didn't play any of their preseason games though, which confuses and concerns me. There's been a few years though where t- where there's been a surprise debutant out of nowhere. There has, um, but I also and don't I feel like, like... And I feel like Elijah Hollands is probably the best placed to be that rookie. He could be, but they also play at the last game of the round and that if you're holding on and, and wanting to make sure you've got him, you're not going to know until... Unless they do the unveiling earlier in the week, which you know they often like to do for round one. But I don't... If I had him, I'd be making contingency plans for him not to be there because I, I don't think he will be. I actually think I like the job security of players who are named to play round one without playing a preseason game. It sort of feels like the coach has gone. They don't need to show me what they've got in the preseason. I'm going to select them anyway. Yeah. Oh, if he, if he gets picked, then I'm all in. But just the fact that he gets, they play so late is the thing that concerns me. The um, other rookies that we can look at in the midfield is uh, Dylan Stevens at the Swans. He's 167K. Uh, then you've got Connor, Connor McDonald as well. Uh, Brady Huff at the Eagles is a good chance to get a shot with no one there at the moment. Um, 
Jake Saligo at the Swans, at the, at the Crows rather. What, one of those bird teams. One of those bird teams. Stupid birds. Um, <laughs> um, Cooper Stevens, uh, speaking of things that eat stupid birds at the Cats, might get a run. Maybe he, he looked right um, stats-wise for them uh, against Gold Coast. Um, he had the, the 62, so he might get named as well. Um, James Cheetahs has disappeared. We don't know where he's gone. Finn McGuinness probably won't be there. Um, and neither will Bodie Uland or Naziah Wanganin Malera um, in that midfield. In the... But there's some whispers that Mitch Owens may be in line for uh, a debut, but there's no yeah. real uh, quote or anything from anyone to back no, that it's up. All, it's all it's, just it's, rumors. It, it, it's all feeling. It's rumors and hearsay, and I'm not buying it at all. Um, we'll do the ruck line because that's going to be quick and easy. Hugh yep. Dixon, Jack Hayes, Sam Hayes. They're the main three that you really need to choose between. Yep, unless if, if, you're going Bruce at R three, which you know he'll play when he gets when he gets off that suspension. At the moment, I've got Hugh Dixon and Jack Hayes to rotate between each other. Yep, I'd uh, taken Dixon out when we had the news about uh, Jack Darling uh, coming back and getting vaccinated, but he's now injured because he plays for West Coast, um, so he's four weeks off. Um, being back and then another couple of weeks to find his fitness and form and, and probably come back through the waffle. So that's enough for a 102K player to, to get a decent run at it. Hugh Dixon and, is a good pick. And also Eagles play a lot of the later games, so it becomes a good loophole when he gets dropped anyway. So He does indeed. He does indeed. Before I forget, um, I had the I brought the Suns game up. Rory Thompson might be a defensive rookie for 120-odd K. Uh, will average 20. So but keep he, that in but mind. He might be a warm body. He might be a warm body. And have, as someone who picked uh, Geordie Butts last year as a warm body, he was very useful. That uh, that occasional 50 or 60 saved me several donuts. So can, testament, uh, can testify that it's it might be worth a punt if everyone disappears. But again, we'll see. All right. Well, let's do the Sam DeConning <sighs> swing and head to the forward line now. Oh God! Let's hit, let's talk about your boys to start off with. So Harry Jones is out for four weeks, which opens the door for Kane Baldwin. It does. It does indeed. You're not as bullish of Baldwin's scoring potential, but it sounds like he's going to get a pretty clear run at it. He will. Which again, warm body. That's that's enough. Um, really, if he gets named, I yeah, you know, early on in the preseason was very adamant that I didn't think he was ready. He's only played a handful of games in the last three years and that worries me. Um, but he looked he looked pretty good in the pre- practice games. He scored he's a, a 50 or 60 odd. He's a big boy. Oh, he's a big lad. Big lad. Like, um, I, like I didn't, he didn't look that big. And then I saw him stand next to a few players and he is huge. Yeah, not so much height-wise, but quadzilla levels of, you know, Ollie Wines, thigh, girthage. Um, very impressive. Um, he gets a run at it, maybe worth a pick, but I, I still think there'll be a lot of games like Harry Jones last year where he scores 20 or 30, and then there'll be some games where he scores 60, and that's that's what it'll be. And then you've obviously got Josh Rochelle at Adelaide. Matthew Nix was saying that he was in the Crows' best 22, so yep. pick him, throw away the key. He's going to score. He's going he's gonna to have games where he scores 30, but also games where he scores 130 exactly. because he just has that sort of inf- inf- that sort of influence. But 
I still see him as an on-field option. I think most will have him on-field anyway. Yeah. Um, I I said earlier that I've got Paddy McCartan in my forward line, so I'll mention him again. He's pick a him. Nut. You can just pick if it's not in your defence, you can pick him in the forward line. It's great. Yeah. Um, Nick Martin as well at Essendon. Talking to a lot of Essendon people, it sounds like they think he's going to be there in round one and play a lot of games, but it's all up in the air, really. Yeah, I'm not sold. I think he he's a very good sub candidate because he's pretty versatile and a bit more mature and. Yeah, I, I'm a bit worried um, in terms of him finding himself in and out of the team, but I think he does get a run at it this year, and as he showed in the the game against the Saints, doesn't need a lot of time to uh, to pick up some touches if he gets given that role. But that was after a, a couple of players had hung up the boots for the day. Um, he kind of slid onto a wing and and high half forward and mid. So yeah, yeah, if he gets named, go for it. And we haven't mentioned Will Brody yet. I I don't have him in my team anymore. Oh, Damo, that's you're the one that convinced me to get him. You told me that if you didn't have him, then I was being be, an idiot. I'm going to be completely honest here. It's because I needed the cash somewhere else. If if I didn't have to use the cash somewhere else, he would still be in my team. Yeah, I, I'm still worried that he he gets the sub every now and again, um, which the noise kills cash generation. The noise over here is once everyone is fit, so once Darcy Tucker is available, once James Aish is available, who knows where Will Brody fits? Yeah. Exactly. And his versatility may be his worst enemy, and he may be the resident sub. Yeah, which is not ideal. Um, not ideal. So... Would you, if you didn't need the cash, would you still be starting him or you're you're more off the boil than on at this stage? I would probably still start him if, if I had the money. Yeah. Uh, Mitch McGovern. Uh, we have to mention him or Dill uh, will get very upset, as will several other Carlton fans. Um, what do you see him averaging? I've, oh. I've wrestled with myself over this. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like 70, 75. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to find like, to be honest, it's either McGovern or Brody. I feel like McGovern has the better job security overall. Yes. But does McGovern score as well? Well, I think McGovern scores more consistently, which if you're bringing McGovern in as a cash generation tool is more ideal i think in in this mid price kind of very expensive rookie low mid price range because will brody comes on as a sub scores six for example just tumbles down for two weeks and it's very hard to to regain that cash Um, mcgovern won't be the sub and if he pumps out now a 50 a 70 a 50 a 80 a 70 and 80 that's far better and more stable cash generation and also better for your sanity. Um, so I'd, I'd prefer McGovern if you've got that extra, what is it, 30, 40K. Um, and there'll be games where, you know, like on, uh, what night was it? Thursday night. You know, he scored 100. He's intercept marking. It's a friendly role. I'd, I, think he's a, I think he's a reasonably safe pick. All right. I think we've pretty much covered most of it. If there any, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to add on? Um, I like Connor West because he's a midfielder that's not currently injured. Touchwood, 
Um, you say not injured, but he is managing plush, uh, plantar fasciitis, which means there will be some games where he subbed out with ice on that foot. Perhaps. Maybe. Probably. That doesn't sound good, but I'm also not a doctor. So if he played on the weekend and that was enough for me to see that, you know, he'll run through the middle and should be fine. But, you know, he's in line to get downgraded if rookies do crop up. Um, but yes, uh, maybe they won't. Maybe they will. Maybe we'll suddenly get a Ned Long out of nowhere or we'll get we'll get somebody appearing. But until then, I'm holding that cash. And so praying. to cl- to close it out, Pat, should we discuss captaincy options for round one? Oh, we should. That is a very good idea. Um, Smorgas board of options on that terrible, awful Wednesday night game, the grand final rematch. I'm not going to be cute. I'm going to just go McRae into Steel. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. I think there's an argument that if you're starting with Took Miller, who was very, very good in the preseason games as well. Miller um, against... West Coast's no midfield is probably going to be great. Um, (laughs) Yes. The fact that West Coast do not have a midfield and they won't have anyone running with him and it could get really messy, I think. But I think, yeah, McRae, Oliver would be your best bets as VC options. And then even Gordon, perhaps Gordon might be a good option up against Tim English. He could indeed. Jack Crisp is an interesting pod option, but I don't know if you'd go with him first. If you're really ballsy, Stephen Canilio. Ooh. Ooh, I like that call. Battle of the Bridge as well. They'll get up and about there. Um, Brody Grundy against Rowan Marshall should be consistent, but I think, yeah, you, you take McRae and then Grundy took steel. I don't think you can go too wrong on that front. Rightio, Damo, I think that pretty much does it for what we need to know before round one. Um, any final advice to people? Don't stress too much about how your team looks. Just pick a team that you're happy with and make sure that everyone on field at least is playing. Sorry, long time listener, first time questioner. Um, what if I'm not happy? What if I've not been happy all preseason with my team and it looks awful? I'm sure it looked great, Patch. Um, I thank you for saying that, despite that being definitely not true, but. Yeah, it's good advice. Don't don't panic too much. We've got the five extra trades this year as well. Um, we get the trade boost if everything goes terribly, terribly wrong. Um, but peace out, community. Enjoy having the men's footy back. Enjoy having Supercoach back. And best of luck with round one.